Welcome to your Wednesday. It is Caught Offside, the NRL podcast, uh, going through uh, all the things that are happening across the world of rugby league and here to help me break it all down are my two co-hosts. First up, Scott Parko Parkinson. Parko, mate, hello, welcome. Yeah, hello. Great to be alive and great to be a rugby league supporter. What an absolute cracking weekend of games, which I think we're going to dissect this afternoon. Oh, mate, it was a fantastic weekend of uh, rugby league action and uh, my second co-host is going to help break it all down as well. He is the uh, admin of the Simpsons-related NRL Memes Facebook page, uh, comedian, entertainer, Ben Rolfe. Ahoy, hoy, lads. Now, boys, what a weekend. It was a super long weekend of uh, rugby league action. Uh, Paco, I'll go to you first, mate, because you... Look, when we were speaking at the start of the year, you were saying Penrith seemed to be getting a little bit cocky about the way they play. And, well, you've just amped them up over the weekend in the, in the grandstands at the, at the Penrith game. Mate, tell us what happened down there. Yeah, look, I actually got invited down by Ricky Stewart just to give the players just a bit of a pre-game talk just about defensive tactics. As you can see, it didn't really really pay off. I did tell him I was an attacking coach, but, you know, a lot has been made about the fan behaviour, and I've got to come clean. I was actually in the stands at Penrith um, on Saturday afternoon, and, boys, there was just a mosquito, and it was just bothering me above my head. So I've kind of reached above my head uh, to to clap and to, to swat the mos- mosquito. And then I think what the fans around me thought I was starting was a was a Viking clap. So, you know, like I've started something, it's all come, the heat's come on the Penrith fans. But I've got to be honest, it was not a Viking clap. I was purely trying to swat a mosquito. And as I was moving, I was moving faster and faster. Next minute, it's blown up into a Viking clap fiasco. So I apologise um, on behalf of myself and the court offside broadcasting crew uh, for any offence that was caused. But those mosquitoes at Penrith Stadium, geez, harder to catch than the Penrith players by they put a cricket score on Canberra. So that's where I was, guys. It was great. Yeah, odd way to slap a mosquito, but I'll go with it the, the, this afternoon on uh, court offside. Now, uh, Ben... We can't have fancy fly swatters, <laughs> mate. I you get paid the big bucks. But someone's just had to use the old-fashioned um, Barry glands because I was just using my hands to clap it. Yes, uh, uh, Ben, from one to the next, uh, look, let's start with the Newcastle game because uh, I think that one was pretty disappointing to see. Look, you would think with Kalen Ponga freshly signed for another couple of years uh, at home, a huge crowd, you'd think they'd be ready to turn it on, but boy, it was quite the opposite. Yeah, I, I'm um, I'm just jealous that the Penrith Panthers fans have something to clap about. <laughs> Um, yeah, like it was, it was a dismal performance, and I, and, and we've lost our Dane Gay guy, who's probably been our best player mm. uh, this year so far, and um, he's now out for a few weeks with a broken cheekbone, I believe. Um, mm. I, yeah, no, it's hasn't been a fun time. Um, I think I might cause the jinx by coming on here so confidently, week two, claiming that 2016 be damned. We're going on. <laughs> We're in the top four and we're staying there. And um, we have just uh, slid down that ladder at a rate of knots down in, um, I think, a 14th spot right now. Yeah. It's, it's a Caelan Ponga situation that's kind of a bit of an interesting one. And I know he was a bit unhappy with comments at Wayne Bennett. Apparently, you know, the comment was made, where's, you know, can Newcastle progress your career? And that offended him. And then he's come out and put an absolute stinger in <laughs> um, to score two points. And, you know, for any rugby league side to, to not manage a try in today's game, 
I mean, questions need to be asked. And does Adam O'Brien's chair become the hottest um, in the NRL? I guess there's a bit of competition out there for the for the coach and the most pressure. But, but geez, Adam O'Brien's probably name has to be thrown in that mix. Yeah, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I saw a lot of um, discourse on the um, on the Knights fan pages over the weekend <laughs> debating on is it is it the coach or um, and it, it's you're in a bad place when you're comparing yourself to the West Tigers and because there was a lot of fans going no 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 what about the West Tigers just a few weeks ago is it the coach and now they're back to back winners and um, I mean two great wins for the Tigers but when you're comparing your club to the West Tigers organization <laughs> you're not in a great place yeah well, I mean it, it makes you wonder what's actually going on there at the uh, at the Knights I mean. Uh, one could make the excuse prior to Kalen Ponga signing that uh, there was a lot of distraction. Well, all that's been shut down. He's re-signed. You would think you would turn it on and be right. But, I mean, he couldn't even score a point. Oh, they got two points, sorry. Yeah, it was yeah, we, 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 we converted it. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Converting a penalty goal Half is now the pass standard in the NRL. Well, it is for the Newcastle Knights. Now, boys, uh, at the start of the year, at the start of the season, there were uh, so many games where it was close uh, and there were some upsets. Now it's really looking like most of these teams are starting to get comfortable with the new rules and uh, comfortable in their uh, systems. A lot of big blowout scores uh, over the weekend, uh, huge ones. Uh, but let's start with the Broncos. Broncos, uh, this is a pretty good performance, Parco, that the Broncos put on this week. Or last week, sorry. Yeah, oh, I think it was a, a good 20 minutes. The, the last 20 minutes was kind of give the ball to Adam Reynolds. And, mm. and geez, this is exactly what the Broncos haven't had for so long, is just someone to take control of a game. And, and I think basically led that team um, to success because at the start it was very disjointed. And I, I still think they're kind of playing around with with what their spine's going to look like. Billy Walters kind of started the game. And, and being there live and actually watching it, I don't know if dummy half is his position or, or understanding what role he needs to play in that dummy half spot. Um, I believe our reserve grade is his position. <laughs> <laughs> well, South Logan's Magpies, I was sure he was lining up, but I've checked the team list and he's, <laughs> he's starting it at nine again. Um, but I do think Corey Pakes is probably the answer. I think mm. as soon as he came on the field, he's got that attacking flair that I think the Broncos have kind of lacked. Turpin is, is a great defensive um, hooker. Um, and I think... Um, Billy Walters is very similar. A great running game, but Corey Pakes, I think, is the answer. And I think Kevin Walters is, is probably come out, and he did say after the game he wanted to put Billy Walters in there to take the sting out of the game in that first 20 minutes is, is what Billy Walters did. Um, but, yeah, geez, it shows when you add class in that Broncos side. Adam Reynolds, I mean, question marks on how much money they've spent. Um, his age as a player, but but that was just an absolutely brilliant performance that we haven't probably seen from a Broncos half mm. um, in at least the last five five or so years. So, look, you know, I was very critical of the, of the Broncos last week and I actually copped it from a few a few listeners about how negative I was. Um, so they have responded. And, and look, is Kevin Walters the answer? We don't know, but, you know, it, it was a good win. But again, let's remember it was against the Bulldogs. Yeah, so this yeah. is a great test for them against the Sharks on Thursday night. And that's probably where I want to see the improvement. It's, it's okay to, to do this against, against the bottom – bottom four sides, but let's see them actually do it against a, a side that are, that are red-hot chance of finishing top four. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and let's talk about the biggest win of, of the round. Uh, the Melbourne Storm putting it over the uh, Warriors, 70 points to 10. Probably one of the biggest ma- wins in recent memory. Uh, ben, how did you... Did, I knew that you thought the Melbourne Storm would win, but did you think they'd do it like that? Yeah, I um didn't get. I missed this game. I had to watch uh, the replay later on uh, last night, and um, I got home from work, and I 
I had to double check my screen. I thought that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I the last scoreline like that I can remember um, getting into the seventies. I think it also involved Melbourne um, back in the mid nine uh, early two thousands. I think mm. against um, St George Illawarra. Uh, memory mm. serves me well. Um, but yeah, geez. Um, I think you could almost call the competition off right now and just play the grand final between uh, Panthers and S- Storm. Um, maybe someone get the old Panasonic cup out, out of the um, <laughs> cupboard and let, just let the rest of the competition play for a different trophy. Because yeah. at the moment, um, I'm only seeing two teams that can win the competition. There's a I, class above everyone else. I think we, I mean, to score 70 points, but you got to, like, I went to bed at halftime and I think it was 16-10 to Melbourne. I thought, geez, the Warriors are holding in there. This could be a massive upset. And we did see a few upsets on the weekend. But to score 50 points in a half of football, I think that's <laughs> yeah. – I don't know if that's ever been done before. And, and you're right, Ben. I think we're seeing Penrith, Melbourne, daylight third, maybe throw Parramatta. But this Melbourne Storm side, this is a side that people were saying, and mainly myself was saying, <laughs> we're going to fall off this year. Any side that can score 70 points, um, geez, that's that's got to be one of the better performances that we will see – you know, for the next 10 years. That was mm. outstanding. Ryan Puppenhausen, I mean, that full box, fullback spot for New South Wales, Tommy Turbo's had that injury. Um, James Tedesco obviously played okay, but I would say there's not much more that Puppenhausen can do to lock down that number one spot. He, he's he got to be within the top three players in the game at the moment, and, and he's only getting better, and, and geez, Melbourne Storm looked tough to beat. Yeah, well, I mean, the Roosters really didn't look like Anything over the um, weekend, in my opinion? Yes, yeah, there's a bit of a problem, Ben. I don't know if, if you've noticed as well. I don't know if the Roosters are as good as everyone kind of thinks they are. I think some of those those better players on their side, those, I guess, week-to-week players like you got Warrior Hargraves and, and Victor Radley, they started off the bench. Um, I think they were looking for a bit of a impact from them coming on. And, and, and Daniel Tupu, I think he must just be a nice bloke because I don't think he's performed in the big moments for a long time. Mm. And I guess some of those guys that I guess are in the team based on loyalty just haven't been performing. And I think the Roosters probably have a few alarm bells ringing at the mm. moment because I don't think they're the top four grand final, you know, chance that we kind of thought they were, Ben. Like, do yeah. you see a problem there at the moment? I, I dare I say it, um, they're the, they're the new eels coming into a season full of hope and those those hopes are sinking mm. fast. Um, yeah, I, I think I might have said a few weeks ago is um, maybe a little change up in the in the halves there. I think the two halves are t- much of a muchness. They're too similar. Anything they, mm. I think they they're both they're both number sevens in a way. Then they need a six and a seven in in the halves position. Um, I don't know who you put in there. Um, Joey Manu's uh, probably a good chance to throw him if you're trying to look for something different. Is he going to be available? Well, good question. Probably I mean, should know the uh, answer. No. no he, he, because, uh, was it him that hit uh, Latrell Mitchell, um, a player, and didn't get Sinbins? No, that was Tupo. That was one oh, of Tupo's highlights from the game. Yeah. The old 30-minute run-up and let's hit him around the spine. Yeah. Um, so, interesting tactics didn't pay off. Didn't pay off. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Joey Manu as a number six would be interesting to try. Maybe leave um, – well, Kiri's the senior player, but I think Walker's play better than Kiri so far and bring one of those two players off the, off the bench. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, the Roosters, because I remember only just a few short weeks ago, we were all sitting here saying that uh, they were definitely going to be hard to beat and uh, up there with some of the best of them. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye I on, think we on could the Roosters. Re- yeah. Yeah. 
I think we could rename this podcast. Gee, I thought I thought that. <laughs> Especially this year as well. Lots of uh, yeah. Boy, was old predictions not paying off. No, not in the slightest. Now, uh, boys, uh, let's move on to the uh, awards, uh, the coveted awards that happen on this show that everyone loves. Uh, first up, the Don Manley uh, shave those sideburns. Uh, ben, who gets it this week? I'm going to go with Aviliami Kikau. Oh, the man with a mop for his head. <laughs> Remind reminds me of those. Um, Long white um, mo- uh, mops that you use on, like on your uh, basketball courts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. and, and and for a player who's meant to try and slide, a forward that's meant to try and slide out a little bit, a bit wider, inconspicuously, and uh, to try and find a um, a hole or a centre to, to run at, he's really making himself a a, a bit of a. <laughs> I mean, you can't really hide a man that size, but. To have a haircut like that, um, you're not helping hide yourself in the attacking he, line. He almost looks like one of those those old school woolen seat covers they used to put in your car. <laughs> um, it's like an angry sheep that's running at you. I reckon he should try dyeing his hair maybe a tinge of green um, maybe, or yeah. camouflage just to kind of get in that back line and kind of surprise. You're right, Ben, because it's it's pretty obvious when he's running at you when you've got bright yellow coming straight forward. <laughs> Well, it will be blue and white next season uh, uh, come 2023. Now, boys, our 3-2-1's outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. Uh, the best and less award is, uh, well, uh, in hot demand, I guess you could say. Players all across the NRL vying for it, wanting to take it out. And look, my 3-2-1's, I don't think I've picked any of these three yet, so uh, that'll be an interesting one. But, uh, Ben, I'll start with you. Who gets your 3-2-1's this week? Well, um, number one, I'm... I'm going with Adam Reynolds. Uh, I thought we spoke about it before. Just the way he um, took control of that game in the second half. Uh, I thought I was picking between two halves for my one point that kind of um, dominated a weaker opponent, which the other one was um, Mitchell Moses. Um, But, I mean, I don't want to pick the player that destroyed my own team. And um, also I was there at that match watching Adam Reynolds play and... uh, it was great to see, and my two points, uh, yeah, Ryan Pappenhausen. It, it's getting a pretty, it's a pretty easy week so far for me. Um, you had to give us something to one of those Melbourne players for that performance. And my three points though is going to um, a, a player I've picked of for the last few weeks is Sia Sophia Talakai. That mm-hmm. first half he played against Manly was mm. absolutely something else. Um, if you've got a centre scoring two tries and setting up three tries in one half football, plus getting um, like the metres earned of a forward, um, geez, you've got something special there. And mm. He's not just one performance. He's done this regularly over the last month, and it's absolutely beautiful chef kiss to watch. <laughs> it was good to watch. There are actually rumours that Morgan Harper asked his mum to check under his bed that Talakai wasn't there, the nightmares <laughs> that he gave him at that game. Like, geez, what an absolute bath he gave to Morgan Harper. And there was really nothing he could do. It no. reminds me of like a David Fafita and what we're looking for, but just doing it more consistently. Talakai, I think he's a New South Welshman. So, you know, if they're picking on form, which New South Wales don't often do, geez, you'd have to be one of the first names called out. You'd have to be Well, Titans did pick um, Fafita at... at- that centre and it didn't work for Fafita. No. I don't think anything no, is going to work not. for Fafita, to be honest. <laughs> I think he's got too much money and too much pressure. Um, Parco, mate, who gets your 3 2 ones this week? 
Yeah, look, an honourable mention to Xavier Coates. Obviously, scoring four tries is pretty tough mm. to do. And, you know, I think he's gone for the Broncos. And from all reports, the Broncos were trying to sign him. And, and geez, I think he's he's going to become the best winger in the game pretty soon. It's it's not just – I mean, they were some easier tries to finish off, but there was one where he chased to kick through. And, you know, there's only a few players in the game that can do that. So, honourable mention, obviously not in line for the uh, coveted – uh, best and less knitted sweatshirt that's going to be coming in use as the weather gets colder. But the one point for me, a guy that's probably doing things a bit quietly in a team, in a team that's kind of catching everyone by surprise, and that's Tom Dearden. Mm. I think he's either first or second in, in try, um, try assists, and I think just playing very solid. And that, that Cowboys side, they might not be players that we're necessarily mentioning, and it kind of reminds me of a, of a Canberra Raiders team when they kind of catch everyone by surprise. But, geez, Tom Dearden is going from strength to strength. They're probably living up to a lot of the potential that we heard about um, when he was coming through the Broncos system. Two points, yeah, Ryan Pappenhausen, to me, is probably the form player in the NRL at the moment and did exactly that um, on the weekend in a side that scored 70 points. And and my three points goes to Ben Hunt. I thought St. George were outstanding mm. um, on Monday afternoon. That was a game that I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a game that, that St. George may have easily lost um, in years gone past and had every excuse to, a lot of injuries. And, you know, the Roosters were coming home pretty strong, but, you know, kick a 40-20 in the last mm. five minutes, um, just defensive effort. I just think Ben Hunt is an outstanding football player. I know we hang on to dropping the ball in that grand final, but he he is just an absolute star. And, you know, St. George, like I said, they had a few players injured, but just the confidence he gives that team, I think he deserves the three points from me this week. I couldn't agree more. And to be honest, I've always rated Ben Hunt. And I just think it's such a shame with that drop in the grand final. I, I just think that for him, he's never been quite the same player that he, he was electric before that and as we all know he got the Broncos basically to the grand final himself that year um, but he does make an appearance in my three two ones for the first time this year uh, my one point uh, goes to Luke Brooks I, I thought I could see Parco getting excited Ooh, now hi. yeah <laughs> doing a little dance in the background there uh, I thought you know to he's put up with a bit of uh, criticism this year to to sort of hang in there with the team especially uh, winning last week to put in that uh, field goal I thought was really good so uh, really happy for Luke Brooks Uh, my two points this week goes to Ben Hunt uh, pretty much for the same reasons that Parco said and I'll tell you what what an entertaining game of football it was to watch on um, on Monday between those uh, between the Dragons and the Roosters it was really really uh uh, good competition. And my three points go to Adam Reynolds. I think he paid for himself that night. Uh, pretty much everything uh, he had a hand in, it was it was the Adam Reynolds show. And uh, yeah, hopefully that's just not one game. <laughs> and then that's it for the rest of the year. We'll spy yeah, out this week. Well, that's exactly right. It's, it's only time will tell, but no, great list. And, and geez, that competition is getting pretty hot for the Player of the Year award. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I know there's going to be a couple of players fighting over it. Now, boys, uh, let's do fact or fiction. Uh, this is basically the part of the show where I give you a statement and you tell me if I'm making it up or if there's some sort of truth to it, if we're not just living in some sort of conspiracy world. Uh, Wayne Bennett getting very, very nervous come 2023. Fact or fiction? Well, I think Wayne Bennett would never admit that he's nervous. Um, he's not going to come out. He's going to say that this is exactly the plan 
that Redcliffe has had – well, sorry, not Redcliffe, the Dolphins, excuse me. The national brand park, eh? <laughs> representing a certain city or town because they represent everyone. But but I think he's got to be. I think there was mm. – if you looked at the whiteboard down at, at Dolphins HQ, there would have been a lot of num- names on that board. And to say that the best name they've signed um, is Jermaine Asako, to me that's, that's ringing alarm bells. Yep. I know they're signing a lot of fringe players and I know it's all about building culture. But when you start a side, you need a star man um, to fill a jersey. Cameron Munster's the only real, I guess, star, if we're, if we're calling it, it left. And he won't be there until at least 2023. So for me, it's alarm bells ringing. Unless they're going to sign someone who we haven't really thought of that's going to burst onto the scene, like a Matt Burden, I guess, from a um, from a younger point of view where we haven't really heard about Matt Burton until he's thrown into first grade and becomes a star overnight. So, um, I mean, Wayne Bennett is good at identifying talent and maybe players that aren't in the NRL at the moment. But if we're talking about marketing that side and, and kind of wrestling, I guess, a bit of support away from, from Gold Coast or Broncos, they're getting no interest at the moment. No one's talking about the Dolphins. And, you know, they're getting closer and closer to mm. pulling on that jersey for the first game. So Wayne Bennett will never say it. But, but yeah, for me, Ben, I think they've got to be nervous because, you know, the plans they would have had, and I think they would have expected signing Wayne Bennett to have players lining up to go there. Yes, they've signed some Melbourne Storm players, but to me, the nerves have got to be up there. And, and this is going to be Wayne Bennett's toughest assignment moving forward because, you know, until weekend at Bernie's, they put the puppet strings on and, <laughs> and just kind of move him around. He doesn't have many years left, Wayne mm. Bennett. Um, so he's going to make the most of them. Oh, I think uh, Wayne Bennett's got a long, long uh, time left to be alive. He steals the life essence of every team he leaves and leaves in <laughs> a, a husk as he leaves, <laughs> as we're finding out with the Rabbitohs this year. Um, uh, Wayne Bennett's got many, many more years to leave. Don't you worry. But um, should... Um, the Dolphins be worried? Probably. Um, although there is one easy fix that you can do to solve all your problems is just go down to Penrith and just pick up half a dozen players from their reserve grade. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine for the next decade. And that's almost a strategy, Ben. Like, you know, in all, all jokes aside, you, you're pretty much worth going to a system like a Penrith or like a, the Melbourne Storm or like a stable that we know are producing these players and just basically rob the nursery. That's the best way going forward is to offer some 18, 19-year-old future star a bucket load of money and, and turn them into the next star of the NRL because the, the current stars are staying with their new clubs and attracting players. I think players, you know, is there a reason, Foxy? Like, do you think there's a bit of apprehension about going and, and being the, the big name at a, at a new club and I guess the pressure, because I think that's what Callum Ponga's problem was. I think the PR disaster if he let new, left Newcastle and the amount of pressure he'd be on to lead a lead a new club. Is I, it living in Redcliffe? Is that the problem? Oh, they could live anywhere, can't they? They're a national brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think too. I think I, I, you know how the the old saying goes that uh, once you get one, the rest will fall. Well, I think they're in a situation where getting that one is proving difficult because to get that one, trying to sell them uh, a successful club, but, you know, someone like uh, the Knights, uh, Ponger at the Knights or Munster at Melbourne, they're at the moment more of a chance of, of having more success there than going... To, so trying to sell the vision of them going there to get other people to come there, I think they just don't want to take that risk in their career maybe. So um, as a Knights fan, I think there's more chance of Redcliffe winning the um, Premiership this year than the Knights. 
<laughs> but let's put you guys on the spot. Let's say you've got an option, um, Foxy, one of the great radio presenters in, in, in Australia. Oh, please. And if you can either lead a new radio station and get paid bucket loads of money to do it, are you going to take that opportunity or are you going to go with somewhere where the ratings are already there? Like, where do you guys sit in terms of money or, I guess, um, loyalty? Oh, look, for me, I'd probably, I'd like the opportunity to uh, start something different. I mean, the challenge of that, and if the money's there, yeah, probably. But it it would be, it, it would be hard if you were situated somewhere where the ratings were already there and you had a solid audience and you had more longevity there. I don't know. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? What about you, Ben? Money or just stick? So you're Cameron Munster, for example. You can stay with the Melbourne Storm and probably win two, three premierships, or do you go and start something new? Well, how old is Munster now? He's what to get. He's about thirty. I would say twenty-eight. Yeah. yeah, probably late twenties. So he's probably got what two good size contracts left in, in his career. Mm, potentially, um, potentially, yeah. Yeah. So if I'm him, I'm chasing the money. I think. Um, I mean, he's that caliber of player. Like, he's still going to be worth a good chunk of money, even if um, Redcliffe have a little bit of a tough time of it for the first couple of years. Um, so for him, I'm thinking take the money, and um, he's basically going to have the reins of that team. So it's going to be a great challenge for him in his career, because um, from all that can be seen, is there's a bit of a gulf in the money there that Melbourne are offering him, and what um, the Dolphins are wanting to throw him for the same services. The question really will become, um, what what do Melbourne do for next year? Mm. I think they're trying to um, look at maybe Tyron Wishart. Um, as potentially a partner for Jerome Hughes in the half set because um, they've been just trying to slowly bring him off the bench and see how he goes. But he hasn't seen a lot of minutes yet. But um, I think by the end of the year, we'll know a lot more about what Melbourne intend to do next year, which is yeah. really what the I think a lot of the position is going to come down to. You don't often see Melbourne without a plan. So obviously yeah. there's something in the woodwork, but it's just going to be interesting. And I almost think Caelan Pong has probably chosen the money over a premiership by staying at Newcastle for so mm. long. I don't think anyone would say that Newcastle is the side they see winning a premiership. But when you're offered over $5 million for the next five years, um, you, I think you've got to take the money. For me, it's it's a no-brainer. Cameron Munster, loyalty is dead in rugby league. I mm. mean, he's won premierships. He's, he's played Origin. He's played for Australia. Why not set yourself up for a, a career outside of of football and take the money at, at the Dolphins. Like I don't, I don't see it being an option. And, and you know, for the the Storm to say, look, we've been loyal to you. You need to be loyal to us. That that's gone. There's no such thing. Um, you got to look after yourself. And and I'd be very surprised if Cameron Munster stays. If if the money's as low, and in low, I mean, it's about fifty thousand times more than we're earning, boys. But um, it's low for what Cameron Munster's worth. Absolutely. Uh, from one uh, sector, the players, let's go to the coaches. Uh, we're a couple of rounds in now, and, I mean, we've spoken about um, uh, Michael Maguire quite prevalently on this podcast, but there are a couple of coaches. We, we touched on him before, um, Adam O'Brien, but uh, Nathan Brown, where do you guys see these two coaches at the moment, and do you think there's going to be potentially a a big uh, coach coaching movement at the end of this year or towards the end of this year. Um, you go, Paco, because I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm I'm trying to get some courage here because we're talking about the former and current Newcastle coach here. <laughs> I think I think Newcastle. I, I couldn't see them making a change this year, and then the reason I say that I think Callum Ponga. 
for whatever reason, is a huge fan of what Newcastle's doing. Uh, I know I talked about the money before, but I also don't think you sign so long-term without having some indication about who the coach is going to be. And from all reports, those two seem to have a pretty good rapport, a pretty good relationship. So Adam O'Brien, I think he's a young coach. I think he's a coach that's moved out from the, I believe he's in the Melbourne Storm system, or he, you know, he's, he's coached with a pretty strong coach in the past. Um, Nathan Brown's someone who continually gets offered coaching jobs, and I'm not sure mm. what what the reason behind that is. And I, maybe New Zealand's a hard place to attract um, a coach. Todd Payton obviously was offered that job when he was the caretake coach there. So didn't want to take it. So for me, I guess if I'm looking at a coaching change, I think Justin Holbrook as the, at the Titans has got to be the coach under the most pressure purely because he's just not getting a performance out of a side that I think is good enough to make the top eight. Like, David Feeder, and and I've been critical of how he's played, but you've got to you've got to look at that game and say, David Feeder cannot try more. He is doing as much as he can individually. It's about a coach putting his players in position to be their best. And, and I don't think anything that David Feeder's done has been coaching. I just think it's been individual skill. And so if I'm the coach of the – if I'm the, the managing director of the Titans, he's probably the, the guy that I look at probably the most critically and just say, well, you know, are we getting the best out of this this side on the on the field? Because David Feeder is, is playing nowhere near his potential and they're not getting out of it. So – I don't think Holbrook's name has come up, but I definitely think the magnifying glass needs to be on him. And I'd probably even say more than the other two. New Zealand, I don't think the side's good enough to, to expect big results. And, and the 70 points, there was a few injuries in that Warriors side and they were competing in the first half. Um, you know, when you look at Newcastle, like, yes, they started the season okay and, and they're building, but the Titans, I mean, what's going on? They're, they're consistent underachievers and... They're getting no, nowhere near what they need to out of a $1.2 million a season player. For me... Well said, Parker. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look at Nathan Brown back at the Knights, I think there was a le- at least for anything else that Nathan Brown was doing, he had a plan and direction that he wanted to take that club. And he was doing something about achieving that um, what he wanted to do at the club. Um, what really concerns me from Adam O'Brien is... I don't see the. I don't see where where he wants to end up. I don't see his vision of where he wants the club to be in two, three years' time, and that's the most concerning part for me. I, I can deal with, and I have dealt with, um, pain for three, <laughs> three, four seasons in a row, um, on the idea of there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it was then dashed away from me, and um, we're now back in the tunnel again. Um, we're in a just a different tunnel, and. At the moment, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel because we have no – I'm not seeing a direction. I'm not seeing a uh, vision from Adam O'Brien there. So that's why I think, yes, he's going to be um, the coach under most pressure come at the end of the year because what's he selling to the players? What's he selling to the club and what's to the fans? That's the most concerning part for me. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's uh, going to be an interesting uh, uh, end-of-the-year review uh, for sure. As we uh, head on in to this weekend's uh, games, Thursday night, it's going to be a, a big one, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, the Broncos taking on the Sharks. Uh, look, I'm excited about this one. I think – I'm just going to come out and say it straight up and, and get in. I think the Broncos are going to win this, and I think they're going to win it quite well. Parco, do, do you share my optimism? <laughs> Gee, it must be tough for you, mate. This is the Cronulla Sharks yeah, with your premiership certainties <laughs> along with half the rest of the competition and and your favourite team with Billy Walters playing. <laughs> I, I actually am going to tip the Broncos at a bit of an upset. I think mm. this is probably 
if if the Broncos want to make a mark on this year's uh, NRL season, they've got to beat a top four side, and I think Cronulla's their best chance. I think the the matchup between Talakai and Stags. I probably think is going to be one of, worth watching it alone. I think those are, are two players pretty much in form. I think Staggs was probably a little bit quiet on the weekend just gone, but I think he's up for the challenge, and this could be a really big game to decide on one of those New South Wales centre spots. I think the spine of the Broncos, I think now they've kind of settled on it a little bit, or I think this will be the spine going forward. Um, Billy Walters starting at nine. Again, um, I don't think he can be much worse than what, what Black Hole Billy showed um, on the weekend just gone, and I think he'll actually pass uh, when required to, but but I think at Suncorp, I'm going to give the Broncos the edge and say this will be one of their better wins of the season. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, for me, I'm 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 going the other way, boys. I'm I'm ter- terribly sorry <laughs> to say, but um, tough that form Talakai's been in, and it's not just he's not just doing one thing there. There's different little things that they're doing when they keep going to Talakai's way, and they're scoring tries in different ways. Is he passing the ball late? Is he holding onto the ball? Is he uh, th- throwing up um, offload when he's almost touching the ground? Is he kicking? Is Talakai kicking inside for back to score a try? Um, there's so many options there for the Sharks on that side. And um, I think um, Sharks win and win by about 20. Sorry, boys. Wow. wow. It's either going to go one or the other. It's a 50-50 game, isn't it? Uh, Friday night at uh, Gold Coast, Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, I think this is going to be a classic case of stop, stop, he's already dead. Uh, the Panthers <laughs> taking on the Titans. Ben, uh, do you share my level of uh, uh, optimism for the Panthers? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> the, the, the Warriors might be feeling a little bit better after this game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is just going to be... Uh, hard to watch if you're a Gold Coast oh, fan. He, he, and he could, yeah, he could get dangerous. Um, Panthers have been um, red hot, and I, I don't think they've even changed a side from last week. So, mm. um, yeah, they, they're they're going to. I can't see this going anywhere other way. No, <laughs> Paco, are you going to throw some hope for Gold Coast fans? Oh, I love they've named Brimson at fullback. I think that's brilliant. I think David Vafita, I think he's a great move back to the second row. Despite those two things, they're going to get flogged. But I'll reveal exclusively, if you are a punter, I've tipped the Titans every week. And every time I've tipped them, they've lost. This week, I'll be tipping against them. So oh. get on them because they'll probably get a win. But but no, in all seriousness, the Penrith Panthers, I can't see them losing. I mean, next round is against the Eels. Um, that's probably a good chance, but but geez, they just go from strength to strength, and you know eventually they will will have a loss or have a down period. But but while you've got them in this side, who are just red hot, it's like a younger version of the Melbourne Storm. If you know the Melbourne Storm's your classic, and then the Penrith Panthers is the next generation. So let's enjoy it. But they're going to flog the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot see it going another way. Uh, Friday, Central Coast Stadium, Gosford going to get lit up. The South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Sea Eagles. To me, this just seems like a match for the sake of uh, a match. I, I don't know. Neither of these teams seem like they're going to do anything this season. I think they're there to make up the numbers. Parker, I'll start with you. Uh, are you liking anyone in particular in, in this matchup? Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, boys, I'd have to ask, is there any worse decision 
than what the Rabbitohs have done by letting Adam Reynolds and, and Dane Gagai mm. go because for me they just look lost in attack and I mean the Tigers were up for that game on Saturday night don't get me wrong but just in terms of looking for something the Rabbitohs just had nowhere or had no idea where to go um, Joy Arrow can, you know um, attempting a, a drop goal um, is exactly <laughs> summarised my point better than anything else I could say would you know in those situations Adam Reynolds would take over and get them to a mm. spot and, and ice that game himself Manly, oh, I thought they showed a lot to come back as much as they did against the Sharks. I mean, it was 32-0, I think, at the end of the first half. And, you know, it could have been a cricket score and we could have seen a, a Melbourne 70 uh, put on them. So to, to show that fight back, I think, is a, a good sign for Manly. Um, Ola Katow, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name. Um, the second role for Manly, I think, has probably been one of their better players. He's out, so that's going to have a big impact on them. But... Uh, Toss of a coin. Let's go Rabbitohs, mainly because, yeah, the Rabbitohs probably need it a little bit more. And um, I, I want Shoes to get back for Manly, so I'm going to go Rabbitohs. Ben? Uh, well, is it, I believe we're trying to say Ola Kotaku. Is, I think that's who Correct. Yeah. Um, yes, he's out, and that is a minus for Manly, but in the plus column for Manly, um, Morgan Harper is out. Um due to a bruised ego. And um, so I'm going to go uh, manly in this, um, purely for the fact that the, um, their defence will be, be uh, better for his absence. Yeah, and look, I think Manly have... Because uh, Manly and the Rabbitohs have both come up against a couple of those top uh, top teams. I think Manly have handled them better in, in regards to defence. I mean, like, uh, even against the Panthers, the Panthers could have put on a shitload on them, but I think I think they weathered it quite well. So, look, I think the uh, Seagulls will probably get this one. Uh, as we move to Saturday's game, the first one, 3 o'clock at Morton Daly Stadium in Redcliffe. Uh the guys who don't have a flattering uh, points differential after the other night, uh, the Warriors taking on the Raiders. Look, this is going to be an interesting one because this uh, we are talking about coaches under pressure before. Ricky Stewart's sort of got to be in the conversation, wouldn't you think, Parco? Yeah, look, he's, he's someone who's been there a long time. And I, I think I've often said that I think there's certain clubs that need to be coached by former players. And Canberra seemed to be one. I don't think there's anyone else that's going to do a better job than what, what he's currently mm. doing with Canberra because I just don't think their side is, is any good. So um, I think they're aware of that. Canberra also has trouble retaining players. But, yeah, the pressure's probably there, but probably not someone that's get mentioned. I think he's – yeah, I think he'll be there as long as he wants to. I think making that grand final a couple of years ago, the players all seem to be pretty, pretty happy, pretty positive. And, you know, they've been in games, but they probably just faded out. Mm. Um, the Cowboys is a classic example. I mean, this – you know, sometimes we get critical of NRL scheduling. This is the perfect 3 o'clock <laughs> Saturday game. You know, the Warriors coming off a 60-point loss <laughs> in Canberra, disappointing. Um, for me, it's Canberra. I think Canberra are going to get the get the chocolates over over the Warriors purely because I think they're a bit more settled. I think New Zealand have come out and, and made a lot of changes, uh, which you have to after losing by 60 points. And, and they might show a little bit of a glimpse, but this could be a very slippery slope now that they've lost by such a, a huge margin. He rules them out for winning a grand final this year. You can't lose by <laughs> 50 points and make the grand final. They lost by 60. So grand final chance out. Um, I think top eight chances are out, and Canberra will get a win here. Well, we're pitching um, only former players can um, coach Raiders. Can I throw it out there? I'd love to see Alan Tung have a have a crack at Ooh. the um, Raiders coaching role. Uh, yeah. Great former player. Um, uh, Raiders win this, I think. Um of the two teams that have showed little over the last few weeks, Raiders have shown slightly more. Um, 
And I mean, they've got Xavier Savage there. If he can try, they can try and find a way for him to uh, get his hands on the ball a little bit more. Um, he could definitely do some damage late in the later um, parts of the game when players start to get a bit tired. So the Raiders in this, as long as they don't have to um, rely on a second half performance. Yeah, I, I think the Raiders... Classic Raiders faders. Yeah, I reckon the Raiders will get it done. Jack Whiten to score a double. Uh, there's my little... Uh, tip of the uh, week. Uh, let's go to this one. It's going to be an interesting one. Of course, Stadium Sydney, 5.30 on Saturday. Uh, the Bulldogs taking on the Roosters. Uh, I don't want to say this is an evenly matched game, but I th- I think this might be a, a classic case of um, both teams sort of going at each other. I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout one, one way or the other. Um, ben, I'll start with you. How do you see this one, Penny? Yeah, um, uh, if you asked me a month ago, I would not have picked this as game of the weekend. And um, <laughs> here we are a month later, and it, um, this is actually going to be a really good game, I think. Um, both teams are in form. I, again, I didn't think I'd be saying that um, a month ago. The Cowboys and Eels both um, looking all right. Not uh, Storm or Panthers caliber, but yeah, um, both good forward packs, and um, the halves are... <laughs> playing really well as well so I can't wait for this one I think you're skipping a game there mate I love how enthusiastic Ben is towards the 7.30 game but he's just basically <laughs> skip past the Roosters Bulldogs so let's just while we're on it Let's go with with that. You're, you're right, Ben. I think this is, you know, like if we looked at this at the start of the season, premiership favourites against wooden spoon favourites, mm. and we're saying what an absolute whitewatch. We talk about trying to prove yourself to make the top eight. This is a huge game for the Cowboys. Hopefully they get there. Um, it'd be great sign if they can move forward and, and get a big scalp. And I think it's actually a big game for the Eels. They obviously lost to the West Tigers a couple of a couple of weeks ago. They, they responded with a great win against Newcastle. Um, but they're not going to have their own way with the Cowboys. And, and let's go for an upset. I'm going to tip the Cowboys um, in a very close golden point game to beat the Eels. Um, should we go back and look at the game before? Yeah. Does it, does I'll lock in the Eels, by the way. Um, yeah, I'll lock in the Eels too. too. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything to add of the Bulldogs-Roosters game? Do you think well, I, really? I actually, <laughs> I, I know Trent Barrett is, is a punching bag in rugby league. And, and even after the weekend when they lost to the Broncos and everyone was saying, look, you know, they've got flogged. Well, they're actually winning that game at halftime. And then they had a team which had a school teacher. And now I'm a, I'm a school teacher myself. And I know one thing we're not good at, it's that's tackling. And, <laughs> and they still managed to, to show a bit of a performance. But they're always going to die off in the end when you've got so many players out through COVID and you've got so many players into your team. Fitness is always going to be the be the issue. So the weekend before against the Rabbitohs, the Bulldogs were in that game and they showed a bit of fight. Um, and there was a few decisions, um, rightly or wrongly, that kind of cost them that game. I think they'll be right up for the Bulldogs. This is a rivalry game. A rivalry game. And I'm actually going to go a massive upset here. And so the Bulldogs are going to surprise us all and win. Yeah. Exclusively released here. Nothing but the I'm hottest going from Roosters, Franco. but I'm not feeling confident. Um I just feel like um, the Roosters have shown this year, they kind of seem to be the team that um, can get rack up big scores against weak competition and um, really struggle against the top team. And um, the Bulldogs are not, nothing else, a struggle of a team. So I'm expecting like a good score for Roosters and then back down um, once they start pl- um, have a stronger competition in a few weeks. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Sunday, this one, McDonald Jones Stadium, Newcastle. Ben, do you think Kalen Pong is finally going to live up to his uh, one-plus million-dollar price tag and turn it on against the Storm, or do you think uh, the Storm are going to go for another 70? 
Yeah, I might skip this one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the a, it's a hard one to better. pick. Yeah, it's a hard one to pick, isn't it? I'm still oh, waiting for the yeah, Knights um, to come out of the gates, but... Yeah, um, will, will the Knights lose by 40 or 50? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Will 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 we kick a penalty goal? That 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 that's the real question. Yeah. I guess after last week, if you score a try, you'll be happy. I was just about to say the bounce back game. Beware the bounce back. I'm going to go out on a limb, fellas, Ooh. and say Melbourne by fifty. Not they won't put sixty on a fifty point win for Melbourne. Yes, uh, I I can see a big score coming. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Because Melbourne, like I mean, we talk about you know like flat track bullies. We talk about sides who get up for games against weak competition. And we know there's a few sides. Parramatta, I think, were guilty of, of underestimating the Tigers two weeks ago. Mm. Um, you know, the other sides that top, you know, Cronulla, um, yep, probably beating up on, on lesser opposition. Melbourne just don't do that. Melbourne are, are consistently week in, week out. And the Panthers are saying this is why they are the top two com- teams in the competition because they just – you can't catch them napping. You know, Melbourne may lose to a to a Parramatta, which happened earlier in this season, but I don't think they'll lose because they're un, they're not expecting uh, you know a fight back game. Um, they're just going to be too good for Newcastle. Newcastle might, you know, all jokes aside, they might compete, but the, you just couldn't go into this game thinking anything else but a Melbourne Storm win mm. and probably 20, 30 points. You know what? That's probably a pass mark for Newcastle. You know, if they can lose by less than 30 against a red-hot Melbourne side, maybe that is a good job from them. So, look, you just could not tip against Melbourne for whatever no. reason at the moment. No, absolutely not. Uh, how about these guys, Parco? The West Tigers uh, against the, the Dragons. Would you tip against the Tigers this week? Well, look, they're actually – both teams are putting my kids through college at the moment. <laughs> I've, I've backed them, you know, gamble responsibly, everyone. But I've just had a massive win on, on both these sides on the weekend just gone. And then the Tigers, obviously, the weekend before. Look, I actually think this could be game of the round, but mm. I'd love to say a draw. And I, I, I think what the Dragons showed was just outstanding. We talk about Anthony Griffin under pressure, but the confidence he's put in that side. Josh Maguire's playing the best football I've seen for at least the, the past five years and may even get his name floated up as an origin possibility. Running hard, defending. Um, he's brought that grub into that, that St. George side. Aaron Woods, as much as it pains <laughs> me to admit it, is actually playing flashy. Uh, my expert NRL... Um, viewer, my wife Ellen, was actually even saying yesterday, I absolutely hate Aaron Woods, but Jeezy's playing well. And when you've got someone like that noticing a difference, it speaks volumes. So unfortunately, I think I'm going to go the Tigers because the Tigers, you know, we could say exactly the same thing. Just passion. Um, Jackson Hastings, I don't know if he's he's gone away and I don't know if he's become a better player, but from all, I think he's become a better person. The mm. way he speaks in the media, and it's always about his team, and he's always giving credit to his coaches or he's giving credit to the other players on that side and saying that he doesn't care about individual awards. All he cares about is team success. I just think it's it's the PR, the PR dream that is Jackson Hastings. And I actually thought this was really set up for a great game, but I think, unfortunately, injuries are going to cost the Dragons. Like Jaden Sewer's out. Jack Bird broke his arm. Mm. He has been named, but... I'd be shocked if he played. So I think continuity would probably rule out the Dragons in this one. But but the Tigers, my goodness, they are a great team to watch at the moment. And they're winning games on heart. And Luke Brooks and with Jackson Hastings in the side, they're just looking great. So I think the Tigers win their third in a row. Um, but, yeah, both of these sides have been smashed from pillar to post to start the year. And I, I just think we take our hats off to both of them, both playing really well. Yeah, J- Jackson Hastings might be the first ever player who's – gone to England to make their game better. 
I don't think I've ever seen a player from the NRL go to England and come back a more complete player. This might be a, uh, a first. Um, but just a, but just a mature headband. Like I just yeah. like I, I I know he left Manly and when he when he signed at Manly he was the halves pairing for for DCE for the next you know he was the guy that was going to partner Cherry Evans for the next premiership and within six weeks he was on the nose there and there was personal issues and I actually think he's reflected on that. I think he's got away and actually matured as um as a person, not just a footballer. Well, it's definitely paying off. Whatever he's done over there in um. In old England, it's uh, def- definitely showing some results now. Absolutely, but, um, I'm, yeah. going, I'm going West. I'm going West Tigers in this this game, boys. Um, but yeah, again, I think this is going to actually be a really good contest. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched the way they are at the mm. moment. And um, as Ed Parker, I think maybe just a couple injuries to Dragons could be the difference. I think the Tigers might have one or two injuries as well. But um, wow, West Tigers on a winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> what a world we live in. Absolutely. And look, I think this is going to be my, the, aside from the Broncos-Sharks game, which of course will be my lock of the week, I think the Broncos are to win fairly well in front of a, a decent crowd at Suncorp uh, over the Sharks. That's my lock of the week. But uh, this is another game that I'm probably lo- looking forward to watching the most, just purely because it's two teams who who are playing because uh, they've both been in a bit, of, a bit of a slump and now they're both sort of getting out of it. So it'll be a good one to watch in my opinion. Uh, Parco, I'll start with you. Lock of the week. Where are we going and what are we doing? Oh, you've put me on the spot with the lock of the week. And look, oh, it's going to be a tough one for me. But I'm going to go Billy Walters to score a try for the Ooh. Broncos. I think nice. I talked about his running game um, at hooker. And I think he's going to catch um, the Sharks napping. I think he's going to go for a four-pointer uh, in the Broncos win on Thursday night. Beautiful. Ben, who's scoring a hat-trick this week? Well, I'm going um- <laughs> My lock of the week, Ryan Pappenhausen scores a hat-trick. Oh. And then Knights fans are burned down McDonald's Jones Stadium in protest <laughs> after the game. <laughs> Daniel Johns leads a skateboarding parade through the stadium to burn it down. Oh, I'll tell you what, some, <laughs> some weird stuff happens up there in Newcastle. Boys, we've done it again. Another week done and dusted. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, if you've got some bets on this week, of course, do it responsibly. Parco, I'm looking at you, mate. I, I know you're the wild one here. Yeah, the wild one. I like that. <laughs> Boys, thanks for joining me. We'll talk next week. Cheers, lads. Good on you guys.